Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello everyone, what is up? And welcome to Die, because that was a really good suggestion we had from last week. It's me, Ewan, from What Culture Gaming, joined for this week's Splash Pixel. Yes, I'm making it a thing by... <laughs> Josh Broward. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing all right. Thank you, unit. I'm, I'm doing even better after that intro, to be honest. That was uh, spectacular. It's life affirming. It's sensational, amazing, and ultimate. <laughs> there we go. Other Spider-Man things. That's a bit, bit misleading because we're not talking about Spider-Man today, even though we did consider it. Um, I actually want to talk to you today, Josh, about the X-Men because... There was a little cool little uh, Marvel's Avengers thing that got released towards the end of last week. We got to see um, Kamala Khan's bedroom. It had like all the cool fan art of like we got to see our first look at Captain Marvel because like she's on the poster there. They kind of had a sneaky hint towards Hawkeye. And I'm actually getting very excited towards that game. But it got me thinking of how when we were growing up in the early noughties, that's either going to make people feel very young or very old. I can't tell <laughs> which at the moment. Um, the X-Men were the biggest things. Now, during the early 2000s, Marvel's biggest, most popular characters were Spider-Man and the X-Men. The Avengers, apart from, you know, comic book readers themselves, um, didn't have any mainstream appeal whatsoever. Iron Man was seen as like a B-tier character. Captain America was erroneously, you know, miscast as like a patriotic, um, you know, jingoist man who was completely irrelevant to today's, you know, um, current zeitgeist or whatever. And it was all wrong, obviously. And then obviously uh, the Avengers came along in 2008, 2012 and basically changed that and, you know, really pushed Marvel into focusing on those characters where, whereas, you know, the X-Men and Spider-Man kind of didn't fall to the wayside necessarily, but they have kind of been usurped in terms of popularity. It's an interesting thing there looking at, you know, the way studio politics and how all the stuff from the 90s regarding Marvel nearly going bankrupt has kind of fundamentally altered the way the company is perceived and, and you know in terms of ranking characters based on popularity which I found quite interesting but I also today want to talk about X-Men Legends because to me when I think of my happy days loving the X-Men pretending to be Wolverine and growling at fellow children in the, in the playground and pretending as though I had knives in my hands uh, X-Men Legends <laughs> always comes to mind as well as the X-Men Evolution cartoon which is better than the 90s one just claim Don't, that you i mean mate just go back you'll know you'll know the truth listen i, 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 I dug x-men evolution when i was younger but i mean like 
you know what? I, I, I judge shows primarily as of now by their theme tune. <laughs> it's got to be the '90s X-Men animated series. If we're, we're, we're judging purely on that quality, mm, yes, mm. yeah, true. I mean, but yeah, also they had an X-Men Evolution had cool goth rogue. And You're not wrong. You're not exactly, wrong. The exactly. gothification of the X-Men. Yeah, I could probably do a dissertation on it, to be honest. <laughs> I might go back to uni and do me masters on that. Uh, but yeah, man, like X-Men Legends holds a similar kind of um, place in my heart that I'm sure it does for you as well. Because yes, this was one of the Marvel games growing up because it was excellent. But also, we talked last week uh, about, you know, <laughs> how um, Spider-Man 2000 was kind of... Um, you know, it was like an entry point into the Marvel Universe. And I thought X-Men Legends was as well, especially for someone like me who had watched the X-Men movies, had dabbled in some of the comics, but a lot of the wider characters were kind of unknown. You know, they weren't people that um, I was even fond of. You know, when you're, when you're growing up, you latch on to the most popular characters. So for me, it was, you know, it was Wolverine, it was, um, it was Storm, it was Jean Grey, it was stuff like that. And some of the more interesting, but more overshadowed um, heroes and villains fell to the wayside, but X-Men Legends 1 and 2 pushed probably everyone to the forefront. And even if you couldn't play as them, they were involved. You got, you know, tidbits of comic backstories. You got, you know, the original story that was created and kind of adapted from some arcs in the actual games themselves. So it was like this great entry point for, you know, this dense superhero world. And also fun as hell because you got to mix and match those heroes. You weren't forced into a specific team. You could, you know, mix your faves with... Uh, you know, new characters that you weren't as aware of, and that helped bolster the team and put them all on equal footing, I found. Yeah, exactly. And there's another thing about X-Men Legends, which is, you know, even though the games were very positively received, I feel as though when Raven did Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which is held as the coup de grace of, like, Marvel co-op titles, and quite rightly, because it encompasses so many different facets of the Marvel Universe, and it is kind of the zenith of those dungeon-crawly RPG games, I do feel as though X-Men Legends has kind of been forgotten about or overlooked mm -hmm. as a result. And like you said, the, the, the whole aspect of, like, customizing your team and doing whatever that was so well integrated and there was a it, it, i thought it was always interesting how it wasn't necessarily a rock paper scissors mechanic going on there um but i loved the way as opposed to other dungeon crawlers not that i've played too many but it did really make you feel like you had to collaborate with your fellow if you were playing co-op you really had to think about which members of your team you were bringing with you how you managed your resources there were so many occasions in that game where I accidentally spammed all the health potions yes. and just ended up like dying and everyone else would kind of blame me because I, I used too much health or whatever. It was like, it was such a clever game and it, it probably unfairly gets type, like, typecast as this kind of generic button mashing dungeon crawler. But there was a lot of thought that went into the gameplay and the story as well. Like you said, it was such a great resource growing up. Obviously I watched the, the you know, the, the cartoons and I dabbled in a few of the comics as well, even though they were a little bit dark at the time because it was the ultimate universe and everything in the ultimate universe was super dark and grim. Um, but you know, it was such a great resource. I remember going in and playing that first game and getting to roam around the X mansion and chat yes. with Jubilee and like Nightcrawler. And then you'd have flashback missions, which would be like, you know, ripped from classic X-Men comics. So you had the original appearance of the Juggernaut where you've got to stop him like tearing through the X mansion. You had the first appearance of the Sentinels and everything. And the amount of just craft and dedication and so much went into that game. It was like they married, like they, they took the, 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 the disc and marinated it in all the 70s, <laughs> 80s and 90s Chris Claremont and John Byrne comics. And then 
undunked it like 30 years later and was like, here we go. This is the game yeah, now. Enjoy. That's, that's like the extra thing that, to be fair, to its credit, Marvel Ultimate Alliance had some of it as well. But, you know, it felt like it's not just a dungeon crawler with X-Men characters and that's the hook. It's like, you know, yeah, that's that's kind of like the basis of the gameplay, but it does have those, have those extras and that kind of additive quality to it. The fact that you can roam around the X-Mansion and do danger room missions and stuff like that yeah. added an extra kind of sense of love and, I guess, exploration to it. The fact that you could uncover these histories. I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure it's in X-Men Legends as well as Ultimate Alliance, but I'm sure there was like a trivia game as well. Yes, the where you trivia. Could test your knowledge, which to be honest is probably partly how I ended up with a job at What Culture Ewan because I, that was the only <laughs> way I could get X-Men trivia back in the day was playing <laughs> these games and getting it wrong and then having to bluff my way through. But um, you, you mentioned the gameplay there. Like that's something that I just completely overlooked and I went back to play X-Men Legends, the original, and um, about two years ago at this point when I got a PlayStation 2 it's again. It's pretty hard. I mean, it's I remember being hard. When I was very young, I remember playing it with my dad and then getting upset that I couldn't get past yeah. the first bit. You're absolutely <laughs> right when you talk about, you know, you have like your health potions and stuff. Like your characters will be knocked unconscious and you won't be able to use them and you will find yourself in tough situations <laughs> where you're one guy left and you're just fighting off against all of these goons. You really have to think about, you know, the powers you were using, the setup of your team, the strengths and weaknesses, which sounds quite, um, like like you said, like when you look at these games from kind of uh, an outsider's point of view, they look like these brainless ma button mashes where you're going through these nice levels. Button bashes is a great bashes <laughs> is what I said there. Uh, you're going through these like lush levels, but you're not really paying attention. It's kind of like a turn your brain off game, but that's not what they were. They mm. demanded more from you. And I think that made you weirdly enough made you care about these characters more because i would find myself swapping in people who were you know what i thought were core elements of the team from a gameplay perspective but then i found myself liking them as characters and that would you know follow on the biggest reason i like cyclops today mm. is because of x-men legends like the, <laughs> the movies did nothing for me even the no. comics that i read at the time did nothing for me but cyclops was my boy in x-men legends and that has stayed with me Cyclops is good, actually, is the take I'm here for, because I kind of <laughs> thought he was a bit of a stick in the mud. But, you know, there are so many different stories that kind of go in, like, you know, do something interesting with them. And that's another interesting point you raised there, is that this game, to me, when I was growing up, it was all Wolverine, 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 Wolverine. I got to, into like enjoy nightcrawler in this yes. game and i was i remember i wasn't allowed to watch x-men 2 when this game came out not yet because it's the really gruesome bit at the end when lady deathstrike gets melted to death with or drowned to death in adamantium um but i got to enjoy nightcrawler in this and especially in x-men legends 2 and they added in the swords as well i was like he's this swashbuckling german demon that can teleport everywhere that's the coolest thing ever like and yeah, it was just that aspect of it. You know, we talk about these games being gateway points or entry points. That's probably unique to people who were, you know, growing up at the same time as these games. It won't be the same thing for everyone. But I do have to commend those developers and writers and everyone who worked on those titles because they formed a vi as vital a role as the comics and the films in terms of serving as introductions to those characters. Also, just want to say, the Morlock level can eat poo and die i hated that level so much it was so difficult literally every single cousin i go up to visit my, my cousin in scotland and we played we get to that bit at x-men legends and just give up because it was so 
hard. It was so difficult. The Morlocks, man. Oh, get a life. Dude, like I used to play with my brother and he was he was younger than me, obviously. And he, he was crap. He was an absolute liability. Mm. Be <laughs> and I, every time we got to something difficult like that, it was just useless. I feel, I feel like that's why we didn't like each other for a long time. <laughs> that's where that rivalry came from. So it wasn't as good as the games as I was. Yeah. Uh, but it's yeah, it's funny. Like when I was going back to it, um, like it's difficult, like you said, and like the way the levels are designed. Like I found myself feeling like a bit of an idiot because I've become <laughs> so accustomed with how modern games hold your hands and how they funnel you, funnel you through levels. That when I was going back to this, like I was getting lost, <laughs> I was getting mm-hmm. killed, and I wasn't having as much fun as I used to have. To be to be fair, but it's just because the the way it was constructed is so kind of different and a bit more challenging than you know games are now. But you mentioned Nightcrawler. This was a title, X Men Legends One, X Men Legends Two was where when I properly fell in love with Nightcrawler and Gambit, who I thought oh, was yeah. absolutely excellent. Like, yeah, you talk about like pushing up characters who weren't getting their due in the movies well until X-Men 2 came around. Mm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. 
Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Nightcrawler. But uh, yeah, like like those kind of characters, it, it like, like I was saying before, maybe fall in love with a side of the Marvel Universe that I might not have otherwise. Mm, yeah, exactly. I think you know one of the best things about that is that even though every single dialogue, apart from the great um, cinematics that were done by Blur, I don't know, I don't think they did the cinematics for the first game. I know they definitely did it for X-Men Legends too. Um, but in terms of, you know, even if you'd be interacting with the characters in this game, you'd be walking up to them and they'd have big blocky hands and, you know, poorly defined <laughs> faces and you'd be talking to them or whatever. But the voice acting was great and the dialogue was really good as well. And, you know, we had Patrick Stewart reprise his role as Professor X in these games. This uh, X-Men Legends was the first time that Steve Blum actually voiced Wolverine and he's kind of gone on to be synonymous with the character he's voiced with so many different things and that in itself is really really cool and yeah the voice that Cree Summer played um, uh, Magma as well I believe so yeah there's like yeah. all sorts of like really you know like prestigious television TV movie actors that came together to, to star in this game and ended up you know it's got quite a sizable legacy which I find quite impressive and like you say you know we talk about it being a good resource part of that is because the story itself is really good and you know the actual Raven brought in a bunch of different old Marvel writers. I believe Joe uh, Joe Kelly, Joe Casey, and a few others who were involved in the X Men comics in the late '90s were actually involved in crafting the story, um, yeah. which pulls all sorts of different inspirations from old classic X Men comics. So you see, you have like the Asteroid M situation going on. You have the Sentinels, and there was that weird thing as well that always confused me when I was little: was that they were always wearing their Ultimate X Men costumes you know we talk about the ultimate universe now and everyone's like ah but back then it was like the biggest thing it was almost bigger yeah. than like the actual main marvel comics but they had the ultimate x-men costumes but then the traditional marvel backstories i remember that just completely bamboozling me when i was younger <laughs> i was like what? no me, me too it's yeah it's funny you mentioned like obviously it's heavily influenced by like especially the the design of the ultimate universe mm. but for me growing up the ultimate universe was the coolest thing ever i didn't <laughs> want to read those old footy duddy uh, you know classic comics <laughs> i, I want mark I want miller and bendis <laughs> <laughs> yeah give me mark miller give me bendis give me um dark leather over the daft bright costumes <laughs> funnily enough now that i've grown older i've done the exact inversion of that exactly back in the day uh definitely spurred on you know by the x-men movies that was so in vogue and yeah i think they did make quite a a good decision to not only you know facilitate new um and like newcomers to the marvel universe to jump on board with this game but like you said for people who are older there are those touch points there's like you know the, the birth of the sentinels in this game there's asteroid m like you said there are those kind of like storylines and threads that would be identifiable to someone who has read the comics and yet acts as a kind of curiosity jumping point for someone who's just getting to use used to them like it touches upon even the second game as well actually touches upon like so much from the genosha the savage land yeah, yeah yeah and you've got like all, again all those great resources in the game that provide the text backstory for them to allow you to understand what's going on it doesn't treat you kind of like an idiot yeah, I mean, that's the other thing as well. It's like, as a comic book fan, the X-Men, even though I've loved them my, whole, my entire life, I've always found it difficult to kind of get into them because, you know, during the zenith of their popularity in the 90s, there was so much continuity. There was so much that, got you know, reading, picking up an X-Men comic like 20 years ago was like jumping into episode 500 of EastEnders with no clue who the characters were or what <laughs> they were doing. Um, so, like, you know, it was a massive soap opera with so many intricate different things and retcons and whatever. But this game even though it kind of put you in the deep end, it gave you the resources to navigate it well enough, which I will always appreciate because that then gave me a decent enough footing. You know, instead of, you know, starting like 
six foot in the pool i was actually you know i had some like armband those goofy armbands yeah. on and i was in there just straddling just trying to find the stuff that no, i really wanted you're totally right like you yeah you mentioned the comics there and obviously I'm, I'm not gonna make this comparison and say this is why the games are better than the comics but the trouble yeah. i have and and like yeah the trouble i had and still have now is sometimes like getting intrigued by a story arc that people are raving about and wanting to jump in but then finding myself instantly overwhelmed and yeah the comics do have those little things where it gives you a quick you know flash of context and a quick bit of backstory and it points you to other issues that you should read but it's still quite overwhelming now if you want to kind of try and find an entry point and it was at the time for x-men i remember trying to pick up even some ultimate comics like midway through the run and just having oh, no I idea mean, what was those got on. those got pretty bad like after 2005 like that so was I like the, 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 everyone got drowned and then cyclops melts magneto's face off and yeah oh man the ultimate universe what a time it was such a great <laughs> thing that they had like it could have just been spider-man and the ultimates the actual you know um yep. the avengers ultimates thing and then they had everything else and it just kind of got very weird it kind of cannibalized itself in a very weird yeah. we're going a little bit off topic now but um yeah, it, it was very weird. It's like what I really liked about X-Men Legends too, as well, Josh. Not just the fact that you could play um, with uh, the the villains as well. You know, you could actually add the villains to your roster. Um, I enjoyed the, the... I remember finding out about Deadpool for the first yeah. time through that game, becoming instantly fascinated with this character who had two swords. Not only did he have two swords, which again was Nightcrawler's thing, he had two guns as well, which was like, oh mm -hmm. my God, that's amazing. When you're nine, that's like the best thing ever. And then also collecting different bits of Iron Man's armor to then get Iron Man. That was a whole other thing entirely as well. You in person, like Meatloaf said, you've took the words right out of my mouth there <laughs> because that's exactly what I was going to say. Like that mm. second game, yeah, like I was already like into the X-Men obviously, but by that point I'd play the first game to death, I'd play the second game to death and I was kind of wanting something else. So when you got to play as Deadpool, when you got to collect all of the Iron Man armor and then play as these extra characters, it got me so excited for what was going to come next and what was next. I've said that a lot there was Ultimate Alliance, which brought in the wider, you know, heroes and stuff and allowed you allowed those more diverse team ups. But yeah, like the secrets in those games and the way it encouraged you to replay levels and find out those secrets and piece things together. Even right down to the different team members that you had in your party affecting mm -hmm. the dialogue and stuff. I found that so fascinating. The dialogue, the character specific dialogue yeah. is great. Yeah. That that blew my mind as a kid in in because I didn't know how to trigger those context specific things mm. because I hadn't really read the comics or whatever. It found me I found myself, you know, experimenting and going back and swapping in and out characters who I yeah. thought would have a relationship with the other people in the scene to see if it triggered anything. And often it did. And I felt rewarded for, yeah. you know, my curiosity. I remember doing that in Marvel Ultimate Alliance on the first sequence where, because I always used to be lazy and just cheat to get Daredevil, because obviously he's my boy, he's my favorite <laughs> comic book character. And I just remember at the beginning, you know, you can actually, if you have Daredevil, he'll have a conversation with Bullseye. If you don't have Daredevil, but you have Elektra, another dialogue specific thing came in. And the nice. other thing I kind of want to talk about uh, before we end this discussion, you know, Marvel Ultimate Alliance had a comeback of sorts the other year. And you reviewed that game, didn't you, Josh? I um, did. I yeah, did. yeah. It's, um, what did that game lack that these other ones and i think it comes down to the gameplay itself i don't yeah. feel as though we talk you know we talk about how excellent legends and ultimate alliance the first few games are kind of typecast of being button mashy dungeon crawlers i feel as though that's the impression the new game got and tried to mimic 
a thing that wasn't a thing. And that's yeah. why it didn't feel as magic. Of course, it could just be nostalgia talking. I don't know. But that's kind of no, the one no, thing no. that I thought. And, you know, I feel as though there is a space for these older games to come back, but not in the way they did the other year. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. Like, I, I quite liked Ultimate Alliance 3. Mm. Like, I really enjoyed my time with it. But, like, I think it's telling that I actually did a chatty face entry on the original Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2 and forgot the third one existed, <laughs> even though I own it and have reviewed it. But mm. it's entirely because of what you said. It was that kind of... It's what people thought the first games were. It was, it was button mashing. You didn't really have to think much about, like, the combinations and stuff. And the story was well presented. The characters were still great. And, you know, it did have those moments where, if depending on who you're, you chose to be in a scene, like, it would alter dialogue and stuff. But it was very much kind of... It was almost, like, dumbed down. Like, a dumbed down version. It didn't have mm. that extra thing that the other games had the extra bits of like you know world building or trivia or secrets or anything like that it was very much kind of like a straightforward rendition of ultimate alliance which again like it's definitely worth picking up especially if it's cheaper now and you mm -hmm. want that kind of experience but it didn't yeah it didn't have that extra sense of kind of polish to it and i wonder whether that's because obviously it's swapped developers it's swapped platform and stuff like that and uh it just kind of it just kind of lacked that extra thing thing which is a shame because i don't think we'll get it back because there's no chance activision is going to let uh raven uh, yeah, make another yeah, one yeah. of these games raven high moon beanox all been consumed by the alien egg sack that is called the, the bit aliens when uh they find them like just like into the <laughs> into the, the goop and we're just there like they're just like kill me and we're just like no and then they, yeah it's it's a it's a it's a shame what i mean you know there were definitely pros and cons to activision's tenure with the marvel license but i don't think anyone would have thought it would have ended the way it has done you know i feel so sorry for those developers and studios who probably saw that deal you know to be acquired by activision as like a massive you know opportunity to continue doing what they were doing and then to find themselves completely you know repurposed whatever is, is a massive shame but yeah i want to know what you all think of x-men legends one and two down in the comments below were they your favorites growing up as well and do you think the x-men are due a video game comeback i do and once you've done that please also please uh, be sure to shout out suggestions for different combat video games you can cover in the future because i'm really enjoying going through this and we were kind of thinking maybe ultimate spider-man soon depending i don't know um once than that, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And to head back on over to whatculture.com forward slash gaming for more news, lists, articles, and discussions like this every single day. You can follow me on Twitter at Things, where I'll talk about X-Men Evolution being the best X-Men thing ever. And you can follow Josh on Twitter at... Josh Broom with two O's, where I will be talking about Ultimate Alliance being perhaps the best Spider-Man game ever made. I'm going to throw what? that out there right what? now. What? Whoa, that was... Jeez, that was a, know. The, you know, the, the, the Captain America shield throw where it goes wank. That's just hit me in the face right there. But yeah, that's all, everyone. Goodbye. See ya. Goodbye. Disassemble. <laughs> to me, my sexy men. <laughs>
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 